step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Colette Cassine in French paddy pool drives over the pond to flag the pond pool, if you will, to avoid hitting Mrs. French's cat that has been missing in party pool. Party pool. Party pool. Panty pool. Pond flag. What does it mean? Well, it means something's going to happen. Something big. But then, something's always about to happen. Hey, Zed heads, Zed heads, Zed, 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 Zed. undead. <laughs> uh, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Mr. Blog. Oh, 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 oh no. where'd Karen go? Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to lower actually... your voice on there. No, I'm Mr. Blog. I'm uh, Mr. Blog. Um, I'm Karen. This is the Walking Dead cast episode 64. And <laughs> we were just talking about Game of Thrones, so I figured we'd start the recording so we could finish our conversation. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, Jason and I will speak about something and we'll be like, wait, no, stop. <laughs> we need to talk about this on air. So um, <laughs> if you haven't seen the most recent episode, you might want to not listen. But um, I, uh, what did you ask me? If oh, I... why I hadn't read the books. Yeah, I asked, surprised so that I Jason hasn't read, hasn't read the books. David asked me, how come Jason hasn't oh, read the yeah. books? Because they seem like they'd be right or, you know, up Jason's alley. I, I read a lot of fantasy when I was younger, um, and then I kind of got my fill for a while. And then lately, I haven't really read a lot of books. Um, I've just got a lot going on, like surfing the internet mindlessly and porn, stuff like lots that. Lots of porn. Porn, yeah, that yeah, takes a ten, good 10 hours a day. <laughs> Um, plus I have a young son, so that takes <laughs> at least an hour a day. He has a baby. <laughs> um, but I do read books every once in a while and, um, I'd never heard of it actually until the show came on. I never even heard of it, but now I don't want to read it because I'm enjoying being surprised. Yes. And I was really surprised by the end of season one. Yes. And I was surprised by, um, the last episode. I guess I won't say it because some people might not listen last time. But there are surprising things. And yeah. let's face it, George R. R. Martin doesn't mind taking risks. 
And, no, and, I mean, he wants, yeah, it's like lots of left turns. Like, what the hell? And the only she, thing you can count on is if you really want someone to live, they'll probably die. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. The person, the, the, what happens in this episode is kind of made me, it was great and I like being shocked. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, but also it's made like, me go, oh, 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 all right. And we finally got some magic, which I had been hoping for, you know. Finally. There's well, been like, plenty of magic, man. Really over magic yeah like, this was the most like okay this show definitely is gonna have magic it and was the, the little the little baby dragons those were yeah those were pretty magical but they were you know creatures because <laughs> you know and, those don't exist yeah oh yeah i know <laughs> maybe back then <laughs> they did in england right but um you know this like smoke monster kind of magic and yeah. uh yeah. i i was glad but i also did feel like oh i hope this doesn't take away from the show because it's changing a little bit oh. you know like it's been so kind of real and raw up till now but i think it's gonna be great i think so too so yeah i'm loving it loving it loving speaking it speaking of a book that you just read or maybe we'll get to that in oh just a minute. you want to talk about uh plague town well uh no 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 i mean yeah that is what i'm alluding to but okay. uh that's something that we're going to talk about later a book, well a yeah book you so read. this episode we're going to have some news as usual about the walking dead we're going to talk about the movie that we both watched pontypool and hopefully some of you guys did too then we'll have our interview with author dana fredsty who wrote the Buffy the Vampire Slayer-esque novel Plague Town, <laughs> which I forgot to ask her about. But she even says um, that's how this got started, that somebody challenged her to write a Buffy-like zombie novel. Um, then we'll do listener moans, groans, and grunts, and then we'll be done. Um, before we get into all of that, though, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, that the Telltale Games Walking Dead game finally came out. It did. That we've been talking about yeah. and we had them on to interview and everything. Have you played it? Yes. And I thought it was great. Oh, good. <laughs> it was It was pretty much exactly what I hoped it would be. <gasps> That's good. It, it's different than other zombie games in that it's not just a click fest where you kill, kill, kill. It's a story-based game. Ooh. It's got, as people probably know, it's characters mostly that we don't know. You know, they're new characters, but it's in the universe of the Walking Dead comic, and it feels very much like the comic. They did a really good job of capturing the tone of the comic. Oh, that's great. The art looks a lot like Charlie Adlard's art, but it's 3D. So it's the style is is excellent. Oh, that's um, great. It has, I guess this is normal with Telltale Games, but the camera angles are um, not totally fixed, but they're uh, kind of restricted. And the controls are a little awkward not totally but a little and i love that because when you're trying to get away from a zombie and you can't see exactly where you want to see and it's hard a little hard to move it makes it more freaky yeah <laughs> more like your, your nightmares mm-hmm. oh that's great it um it has this great mechanic where um when you go to talk to somebody you're the main character you're lee everett who um you were about to go to prison when the zombie outbreak happened and um it's not clear why at first, but um, when, as soon as you go to talk to some, you meet all these characters. And when you go to talk to somebody, they give you three choices of what he might say. I think it's three or but there's this pulsing timer and it's just you just get like five seconds or less to pick one of those. Oh, in most games like this, you can take as long as you want. And at first I was kind of annoyed, but it made me like it because Instead of sitting there measuring how you're going to react, you kind of just do um, 
you're more by intuition, right? You know, and right. I, there were a few times where I said something, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, and I'm like, yeah, I have that feeling a lot in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it made it feel more immediate. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah, I loved it. it. It's great. It's episodic. So this is just the first episode. I think it costs five bucks. There's going to be four more on a relatively monthly basis. Highly, I highly recommend it. There's one thing to that I want to say, though, is that it's kind of more of an interactive story, it feels like, than a game a lot of times. Right. And it's and like I said, it's not a fast, um, you do kill zombies, but it's um, a little more slow and involved. Is it creepy and atmospheric? Yes, it is. And um, when you get when you encounter zombies it's really creepy yeah yeah so there's no characters uh there are glenn is in it oh and uh herschel and uh yeah a couple other ones and it makes sense why you'd see them right not everyone it's before you know i think rick is in a coma during this right it's during that time interesting yeah i I recommend it i think people who don't like video games like gracie lou should immediately go out and try this (laughs) (laughs) because it's only five bucks and then tell us what you think (laughs) yeah and if you don't like it, Karen will pay pay you back for it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Just kidding. Uh, okay, let's move on to news about The Walking Dead. Let's do it. Uh, the I forgot to report this uh, last time, but the second uh, so this Robert Kirkman and Jay Bonansiga novel, remember that? Yeah. Well, it's a trilogy, I think, and um, the second one is slated to. It's been announced. I didn't write when it was supposed to come out. I think it's in the fall, but. Um, it was assumed before that these books would each cover a different character and tell their backstory. But they revealed that the second book is going to continue the story of the first book. So it's oh. going to be about the governor. Oh. Which makes me think, oh, because one of the things I didn't like about the first book is it was called The Rise of the Governor, but it ends before he even starts governing. And now I'm like, oh, they're going to continue the story. That makes me like the first book a little better. Right. You know, I mean, there were uh, some other things about that book that that um, I didn't love, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to read this next one because that makes me like it a lot more. And and. So this is this is a graphic novel or no, is this it's a novel. novel? It's a novel. It's a novel. Yeah. Novel. I'm actually going to read a book. <laughs> 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 yeah, and, and yeah. So it's called Old the Road Star. to Wood Road to Woodbury. Woodbury's the town that the governor is in charge of. Okay, next thing. Um, I already talked about this, but you know, Telltale's Walking Dead game is out. It's called A New Day. The first episode's called A New Day. It's getting a lot of great reviews all over the internet. IGN.com says, A New Day is one of Telltale's finest games. And they say, This is a deeply personal and emotional experience, and that's why it feels so right as part of this franchise. Official Xbox Magazine says, Everything just feels right with its striking art style and cinematic presentation. So there's Mm. plenty of other reviews. Everybody's giving it good reviews. Yeah. In fact, I mean... If you read all those reviews, you'd probably be disappointed in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Don't read the reviews. Just get the game. Yeah. Um, Next, Jeffrey DeMunn, who played Dale, and Andrew Rothenberg, who played Jim from season one. Yeah. Are going to be in Frank Darabont's new TNT drama, L.A. Noir, with John Bernthal. Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. He's picking off all the people as they get killed off the show. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Who else? Maybe little Sophia will be in it. (laughs) Um. (laughs) 
Idemon plays Hal Morrison, a detective on the LAPD, and Rothenberg plays uh, a recurring role of Eddie Sanderson, a man on Hal's team. He uses uh, actors again and again and again, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Demun, he's worked with a lot, mm-hmm. and he worked with Lori Holden before. Right. On The Mist. Um, Robert Kirkman and Zack Snyder, who directed 2004's awesome remake of Dawn of the Dead, are going to take the stage on May 18th at the 2012 Hero Complex Film Festival in L.A. Um, there's a They're going to have a screening of Dawn of the Dead and then an extended highlight reel of season two of The Walking Dead. And then they're going to do a Q&A with Kirkman and Snyder on stage. I want to be there. I know. Maybe. I don't usually report on stuff like this, but this one sounded really awesome. Yeah. So if anybody wants to buy me a ticket, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then they're going to kick everybody out of the theater. And and then there's another ticketed event in the same theater after that, where they show Shaun of the Dead and then interview the director, Edgar Wright, on stage. <gasps> oh. So it's a zombie extravaganza. Nice. With all our favorites. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I'll post a link to the event website on our website. Hero Complex. That's great. Yeah. You ever heard of it? (laughs) It's great. And then the last thing is filming for Walking Dead Season 3 starts this week, I think. Yeah, good. The show's location manager has been advising residents in local Coweta (laughs) County and Sonoy uh, where the majority of filming will take place. So so they're going to take over parts of the town. And film like, and they're telling this, um, these people, the folk of Sonoy, this is gonna be a zombie town now. (laughs) And don't panic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Please don't pitch for (laughs) any of the extras. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. And you know, I, I, I don't know. I would imagine many of them are excited and it'll probably be good for their economy yeah it's great i Mm. want it please film in my town (laughs) oakland good place for a zombie apocalypse (laughs) uh that's it for the news let's move on to pontypool all right let's do it i thought we'd start out with kind of our general thoughts and whether we recommend it and then um for people who hadn't didn't watch it and then after that it'll just be for people who did watch it because it'll be like a review with spoilers and everything Okay. Okay. So what do you say? I'm going to say this is a weird little film. It's a weird little film that I liked. Uh, Thumbs up? Um, yeah. but 45 th- degrees? 45 <laughs> degrees. And and the only reason I say that is because it's, it's a certain kind of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt more like a theatrical production, mostly because it was in, um, in it took place in the radio station. It's a, in a one line summary, it says a psychological thriller in which a deadly virus infects a small Ontario, Canada town. Uh, so that's my review or mm-hmm. my, my uh, thumbnail <laughs> uh, review. What's yours? Uh, I, when it started, I was kind of intrigued by the sound design and the really deliberate camera work and all that. And, um, something about the picture quality I thought was really beautiful. But then when, as the plot progressed in the first 20 minutes or so, I was like, ah, this seems bad to me. Like they're compensating for a lame story with all this like fancy schmancy camera work and stuff like that. And then at a certain point in the movie, I was like, oh, maybe this is good. I'll tell you when, when we get to the details. And and pretty much from that point on, I was like, yeah, I like this. (laughs) So I liked it. And I, um, I recommend seeing it 
it's um, definitely you need to have your expectations set. It's all takes place. I'm gonna, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I think you should hear this. It's all in a radio station. Yeah. And you barely see any zombies or zombie-like creatures. So once you know that, and it's a very, it's kind of like a psychological drama, and it's mm-hmm. very Twilight zone Right. Once you know all that, I think you can enjoy it. If you went in expecting and hoping to see some zombie gore like I kind of was, you'll have to sort of shake that off. Right. And give over to it if you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, they're not going out there and staking zombies. Mm -hmm. But it's good because we've seen so much of that. It's fun to see something so unique. And I thought it was very very unique. unique. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go and talk in more detail about it. Let's do it, man. Uh,. I thought the guy, the radio announcer guy was was great and I yeah. loved his voice. Yes, I did too. <laughs> hey, I read somewhere that he that uh whoever was reviewing it thought that he reminded them of um of Don Imus. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, in his voice is low Look and growl. Yeah, too. And look too. Uh, mm-hmm. he had sort of a cowboy hat mm-hmm. on. He's Leathery kind of kind He's of. kind of a cowboy but um a real poet with his words and uh, I liked a lot of the poetry of of what he said at the beginning. Um he, I think Don Imus can be kind of a douche sometimes, but this guy looked like maybe Don he Lim- could. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've actually never listened to Don Imus, mm. but I've seen pictures and this guy kind of looks a little bit, you know, he's kind of a funky looking guy, but he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the station manager, Sydney, um, kind of annoying. She was very annoying. And to the point where I'm like, do, do, do station managers really do get in your ear like that and nag the radio talent? They might. (laughs) I I would go nuts if somebody was talking to me right now. I was like, don't talk about that. Be like, fuck you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm as somebody who's married to a producer who talks into the ear of the talent yeah. while the talents. I mean, I've seen him do this and uh, and yeah, they do that. But is it that constant? I don't think so. No. I wouldn't think so. And they have and they have like such a good sort of they develop shorthand. a good they develop yeah. shorthand they develop a rapport and they're and they're able he's able to do it where it's not intrusive and you can't tell. At all. Yeah, they don't react. But this maybe, you know, you could sort of forgive it because this was his first day on the job. And, and yeah. But it, it was like, dude, you hired him because he has this quirky personality and now you're trying to totally eliminate it from his broadcast. Right. So I think they kind of wanted you to hate her. But the interesting thing about that that I realized once the thing was all over is she spent the first you know, third of the film kind of stifling him and telling him not to say things and telling him what to talk about. And then in the end, she was drunk and talking and he kept saying, don't talk. Arate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it kind of reversed. <laughs> right. Because one of the things is you're not supposed to speak in English. Yeah. Which the whole virus in the language. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was really... Did you read the William S. Burroughs uh, Language is a Virus short short story? Correct me if I'm wrong, people. Um, there's uh, That's the first thing that David said to me was, there's a William S. Burroughs oh, story about this. This is based on a book, but it's not William yeah, S. Burroughs. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the book by the guy who actually um, wrote, the screenplay. wrote the screenplay. Yeah, Tony Burgess, uh, Pontypool Changes Everything. Um <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, language as a, vi- as a virus is not really a new concept. Lots of people have, uh, Laurie Anderson even has a song called Language as a Virus. 
That's kind I, of interesting thought. Yeah, I, I was wondering if there's some allegorical point to this whole thing, and maybe it's talking about like internet memes that after they're repeated, or it doesn't even have to be an internet meme, but anything right. that repeats across the culture until it kind of loses its original meaning or right. something. But I don't know if they intended for anything like that or not. Don't use endearments. <laughs> don't yeah. speak English. I love the rules because they yeah. seem so arbitrary to yeah. me. Yeah, don't use endearments. What? Yeah, don't, and no contra- contradictions, I think. Right. Or something like right. that. Right. They have to be confusing and they right. can't make sense. Because he was saying um, change like yellow to blue. and it, No, that's the opposite. That won't work. It has to be something totally unrelated. Kill his kiss. Kill his kiss. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just trying to get a kiss, but it was still pretty smart. <laughs> Um, so the point at which I changed my mind about the movie, can you guess when it was where I started liking it? When the um, production assistant uh, runs in the glass repeatedly? No, it was before that, but that oh. was great. Um, it was when Ken, the helicopter guy who doesn't really have a helicopter, yeah. was... Um, in the silo? Uh, I don't know what is. I don't. He was in a silo. And he started seeing people like drag somebody out of a car or something and then biting he was reporting on they're biting it's something and you could hear them in the background making zombie like noises right and suddenly i was like oh i'm totally drawn in i'm putting this at full screen and not doing other stuff at the same time and all you can see is the face of the people in the radio station hearing this reporter who's who's watching this and you can hear it through the mic so you're hearing it through his phone and through uh, they're, uh, and you're, and you're seeing them react to it. It's pretty neat how they did it. It was sort of that like theater, the imagination that we like about like paranormal activity right. in, a, in a much different way, but the same right. idea where it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. So you, it's more affecting. Yeah. I should have guessed that. Um, it reminded me of, uh, like a low budget episode of when, when, when a show needs to do a low budget episode to, even out their budget for the season. And so they do something creative, like in Breaking Bad when Walt has to chase that fly around the... Ah, the fly. <laughs> or the Weeping Angels of Doctor Who that we right. last year. Sometimes right. when you have a limited scope, you get more creative. You know? I completely agree. And, and by the way, this the episode uh, in Breaking Bad that we're referring to is uh, one of the... If you're not familiar with Breaking Bad, one of the characters... Um, chases a fly around in in a in a lab lab. yeah yeah and he sets up all these fly traps and i mean he's really trying hard to get this fly and he stacks things on things so he can like try to get this fly and um and it's great because it's not about the fly it's it's about him and all his egotistic flaws right 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 and and how he's kind of breaking down oh yeah yeah. so good yeah i love things like that one of my favorite parts is when there's that just from some weird place that they don't know this um french broadcast comes through oh yes the production assistant starts translating it yeah and he reads the whole thing until he gets to the end and he's all please do not translate this message and the production assistant 
Sorry. <laughs> and then, but it's like, oh fuck, what did he just do by saying that? You know, it's right. an incantation that's going to screw. Everything. I mean, the one of the ingenious things about this movie is it's about language possibly um, becoming infected and spread, infected and spreading this virus, and it's set in at a talk radio show where he could potentially hurt a lot of people by right. talking to them. You know, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's a weird little movie mm-hmm. and and I kind of like that there's a I mean a lot of people say that things are weird when they're not actually that weird but this is genuine it is weird it's genuinely strange it's weird but one thing I appreciated is sometimes things get so weird that I I disconnect and I'm like this is just weird for weird sake like with David Lynch sometimes it's like uh he just thought of something weird that has no substance right you know or, right um, what else is like that um, there's um, so many things yeah there's a lot of things that are that can right. and, and they, this movie went in that territory mm-hmm. sometimes i thought but not enough to where I, I mean i still felt like oh my god it's kind of like having dementia you know i right. can relate to not remembering things and feeling a little crazy sometimes right or, and and they got that i mean they mm-hmm. they definitely tripped out on how weird the situation mm-hmm. was too they all commented on this is really mm-hmm. is this happening is this in my head yeah that was pretty great about it too um by the way can i can i uh say a spoilery thing about the end yeah because we're this is just for okay, people is- who have seen it or who don't care about okay spoilers. so at the very end uh there's the um i think it might have even been was it before the credits hopefully it was before the credits and so they're together in the sound room and and presumably a bomb drops and and they get bombed kingdom come then eventually the french right right (laughs) it's always a french and then they're in a cafe somewhere yeah and they're maybe in a cafe in Japan. They're looking kind of kind of hip, and uh, they're chatting about something in a cafe. What was that? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> that was too weird for me. Okay. I have no clue what Is the any, hell that if was. If anybody knows, Please let us tell know. Tell us what that was. I must know. Panty pool. Panty pool. Panty pool. I loved when he went outside for a second. And she said, don't you walk out on me, Grant. And then he had to come back in because people were coming to attack. Right. And as they were coming up to the door, they're all saying, don't you walk out on me, Grant. Oh, that was freaky. freaky. They're all parroting what they said. Mm -hmm. That was freaky, too. zombie parrots. Yeah. Oh, and they were trying. Apparently, according to uh, um, Bruce McDonald, who is the director of it, um, he said in one of the interviews um, that there's three stages of the virus. The first stage... Uh, is you might begin to repeat a word, something gets stuck. And usually it's words that are terms of endearment like sweetheart or honey. The second stage is the language, uh, your language becomes scrambled and you can't express yourself properly. The third stage is that you become so distraught at your condition that the only way out of a situation you feel as an infected person is to try and chew your way through the mouth of another person. (laughs) I've reached those first two stages before, but I haven't quite gotten to the third one yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe not literally um yeah so one thing one weird scene in the middle was when grant was reading the obituaries remember and then it showed black and white just the people who he was reading about little videos of them just standing there and it wasn't still shots it was videos yeah <laughs> just standing there in black and white i thought that was really cool and and 
and great and I had no idea why it was in there right. but I liked it for some reason did how did, by the way how did you see this did you get the DVD or Netflix Netflix yeah mm-hmm. it's on it was uh, at least for a little while still um, on Comcast on demand so you can watch it for free oh no yeah I wonder if there's any good DVD extras yeah because this is the kind of movie where you want to go I did go online and look at interviews to see what people were saying yeah. about it and they didn't reveal that much about what what it was all about I think I read also that they're going to make a couple more Pawnee Pool movies. Hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if I like that idea. Oh, that, that they're not going to consult you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying my opinions. <laughs> um, I thought it felt a little uh, off key from most Hollywood movies. And yeah. sometimes to me that felt like it was amateurish. But other times it just made it feel fresh, you know? Yeah. And it's most Canadian. Oh, in general, I'd say fresh. Yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. Huh? It's Canadian. Different just, sensibility. Just like Splice. Splice felt weird mm. in the same kind of way. And yeah. This me- felt like it could be a Vincenzo Natale movie. Yep. That did that. Yep. Now that you mention it. Oh, the only <laughs> thing I'm wondering is why, why is it that the English language is infected? And why no other language? Yeah. Because maybe it was a French-Canadian movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But overall, I I really liked it a lot. I felt, uh, I read online people thought it was boring, and I think it was very boring at the beginning, but it got very gripping. And I think if you're going to watch it and you're not so sure, you have to kind of give it your full attention. And um, if you get to the halfway point and you're still not into it, then just give up. I have to say, um, I have a really low tolerance for boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do because my time is limited. I and mean, you're like, and I'm out of here. Uh, but <laughs> See you it's, later. it's funny. I didn't find it boring. Yeah. No. Cool. I, I, and I also, I fall asleep really easily. Mm. Uh, I get up really early. And uh, I didn't fall asleep and I didn't find it boring. Cool. Yeah. Me neither. Okay, if uh, I'd love to hear what you guys thought of that. I think I have a feeling some listeners who might watch it and then go, you guys are crazy. Smoking <laughs> you make crack over this? there yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah, I want to hear, uh, get emails saying that we're smoking crack. So Fine. send us that. Bring it on. <laughs> we're not afraid. Okay, let's take a break. We've got more to come. Stay with us. And we have author Dana Fredsti. She wrote zombie novel Plague Town. Thanks for joining us, Dana. Thank you for having me. Sure. <laughs> um, I just finished reading the book, and um, I thought it was a really different take on the zombie story. It's, uh, you know, we're used to stories like The Walking Dead that can get really heavy and almost depressing and hopeless, and that, and the, 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 the subject is all about hope and, and is it worth going on living and stuff like that. But this one was very uh, almost lighthearted. It was more fun because it takes place in kind of a cordoned off locale and it's not a worldwide apocalypse. It has a bit of a lighter tone and there's, you know, there's some hope that things could turn out relatively okay. Um, was that something that you were really focused on or did that just sort of happen? Well, 
I knew that since I had three, the, the whole thing has uh, been planned as a trilogy from the very beginning. So I did not want to take the first book, you know, into the, the worldwide apocalypse because, you know, that there's already been books that started with that, and I wanted to do a different kind of story arc. Um, as far as the lighthearted, I just tend to write with a lot of humor because that's what comes out. That's my, my natural, you know, writing style. Um, and I don't know if that actually answered your question no, or not. Yeah, that but, totally uh, answers it, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it I is... start rambling, you can stop me because sometimes I go <laughs> okay. off on weird tangents. I'll just say stop. um yeah no that totally answers it and it is uh it is funny um there's a lot of great little quips and um you know i laughed out loud a a few times um there's there's one i um i just wanted to read a couple excerpts so people can get a sense of what it's like and since you mentioned the humor i'm going to read one it goes we decided to backtrack a few blocks and cross over to the other side of maple street where it dead-ended into oak oak had the public library the high school and a couple of small shops on it and didn't seem to be zombie central like maple street guess no one wanted to read or go to class in the afterlife slackers (laughs) 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 so there's stuff like that all throughout she keeps her sense of humor. Um, so that just so people know, the novel's told in first-person perspective, and the main character is Ashley Parker. Parker. Um, yeah. And um, she's she's kind of a irreverent, funny... Um, badass. Badass, very real, strong woman. And um, she seems to... I, she makes a comment at one point that she thinks she should be more bothered by all this. Right. What's that about? Um... There, there was two things there. One, um, that that's the scene where I, I think the first time that that's referenced when she's with her boyfriend and he's like absolutely freaking out and looking at her like there's something wrong with her because she's not. And it makes her stop and kind of think, well, you know, I, I have no idea why this isn't bothering me. But part of it, I think, um, is because, I mean, like myself, if a zombie apocalypse happened, I don't think I'd be happy about it. But if it's anything like it is in all the books and movies, et cetera, I am at least relatively prepared for it. Um, really? You know, I'd, I'd probably hit the ground running, and I think a lot of people I know would, too. And I'm kind of taking Ashley from that mm-hmm. that perspective. And she's the sort of person that she just deals with whatever, you know, if something happens, she's going to deal with it. She'll speak out later. You know, it's just there's an emergency. you got to do something, do it, and don't waste time screaming. I personally hate it in movies when... You have a character that spends all of their time freaking out, and they never do anything useful. It just it drives me crazy. So, and a lot of women, especially, huh? Sometimes. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I you know, I, I know some guys that would not deal with anything like that very well at all. And so Matt is sort of, you know, big athlete, normal guy, but when something like that confronts him, his brain melts. So. I think I, I think I have some idea about why you might be pretty good uh, during the zombie apocalypse. I, I, I was looking uh, I was looking at your bio and you have a background in theatrical sword fighting. I do. I do. Um, I've been doing that since I think I was 18 when I first learned uh, my first bit of sword choreography. And I've just been in love with the whole idea of sword fighting since I saw the three in the form of six years back in the day. Just um I absolutely love it. It's a lot of fun. And it's so, very useful. Would that be your weapon of choice, a sword? 
Um, my weapon of choice would be whatever was there at the time. Um, but Good yeah, I, I'm probably the most efficient with something like that, where you know, you can you can hit, you can parry, you can cut, you can do different nice. things with it. Um, but I have a habit whenever I'm out anywhere, like I'm on the beach looking at the fishermen doing their thing, and they have these stakes that they stab into the sand put the fishing poles in and my first thought is wow if the zombie apocalypse stuff that now i could use one of those so <laughs> or you could take a net and just gather them all up <laughs> absolutely you could use the fishing line and go right through their rotted little nets if there was you know if they were rotten enough so um dana have you um are, i assume you're a fan of the the show the walking dead yes yeah and uh so are you excited about michonne the sword wielder. I was so happy at the end of second season when Michonne showed up. I mean, yeah. I've read all of the, I the graphic novels mm-hmm. and I've, I've been waiting for Michonne. You know? <laughs> they made her look really good, huh? So far. Yeah. 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 But that was, that was just like after some of the slower episodes and listening oh, yeah. to Laurie whine about Carl, seeing Michonne <laughs> in the prison, just in that, that, that last like two minutes of the show was like, yes, thank yes. you. It's a, Pay off, so. <laughs> you know, it seems like uh, in the in the land of um, of strong female protagonists like Michonne, uh, Ashley Parker would fit right in. I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time right now for for female protagonists that are that are badasses. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer fit right in. Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's great that you decided to make this uh, a novel about a young woman who is the hero here. I, I think it's you, right? Ashley? Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's funny because I had someone else ask if, you know, come on, tell the truth. You want to be Ashley, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I kind of more would hope that Ashley would grow up to be like me when she's done trying to figure out what the hell she's doing with her life. I mm. mean... There's definitely aspects of me in her, but there's aspects of me or people I know in all of the characters, but I would definitely not call her a Mary Sue version of myself. But, but yeah, I mean, her sense of humor definitely that, that comes out, and I, I think that the one aspect of Ashley that I wish for me is that I'm a little more circumspect about saying exactly what's on my mind when someone pisses me off, and I like the fact that she basically... Her, her inside voice is her outside voice. Um, you know, she says the quiet parts loud, and mm-hmm. I, I like that. So. Me too. I like that about the book. And the reason why I asked is because I do, I mean, just from what little I can glean uh, of you, you know, that you 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 worked in sword play, and you um, obviously are a big connoisseur of zombie culture and pop culture in general, and she has all, she has all of that, so... It looked like at least you're like, you know, kindred spirits. I'd say that that's definitely a fair cop. And a lot of the pop culture stuff is also spread out with Tony and Kai. Um, mm-hmm. Which is there. So, but, but yeah, my, my background is definitely kind of, kind of steeped in that. So. I, I really like the Tremors reference. I think that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the book is subtitled uh, an Ashley Parker novel. So, uh-huh. did, which sort of implies that there are going to be more Ashley Parker novels? Oh, absolutely. There's going to be Plague Nation and then Plague World. Um, that should give you a big old hint right there about like, yeah. <laughs> kind of the plague, so. Are you working on it now? I am working on it now. Um, I, I 
had about four or five weeks of doing promo for Plague Town where I had to put it aside just because I also work full-time. So there's only so many hours in a day, and I really need to sleep, or I'm not a very nice human being at all. So, um, yeah, we're working on getting Plague Nation done, first draft. So it's, it's due out I just want to let you know one of my favorite um, things about it was just the language. Um, I thought it was casual, but, you know, very evocative, descriptive, you know, I mean, just the right amount of words to get the point across. And uh, it's clear that you um, are a writer and that you've written. I mean, how did you come to this book or what's your what's your background? Um, my background, I mean, I've, I've loved to write since I was very, very young, and I had a theater group with a friend in San Diego where we wrote our own scripts, and I wrote a murder mystery novel. It took a while for it to get published. Um, I actually wrote that because I wanted to kill someone that we worked with in our murder mystery group. Um, <laughs> you might sense the theme of literary revenge here. In- uh-huh. Um, and then... <laughs> I've written short stories and essays. I've written some screenplays and I've written spicy erotic romance. And I like that it, one of the books that you uh, co-wrote was What Women Really Want in Bed. <laughs> yes. And, uh, by the way, I read a, a little bit. It's great. It's on Amazon. Um, actually, <laughs> it looks like almost all your books are on Amazon. And I read a little bit about it. It was awesome. And um, it's great because in the introduction, it talks about how you how you uh, got, uh, you know, how you got the information to put in the book. And you used SurveyMonkey. <laughs> and I love that you use SurveyMonkey. I use it for work all the time. And um, I never thought to use it for sex questions. <laughs> you know, you can use it for just about everything. But yeah, it worked out great. We sent that out to a bunch of, of different people and you know, managed to get all of these wonderful answers back and found out what women really want in bed. <laughs> Were you surprised by what women said? Um, not really. Um, a lot of them are fairly, what, what you'd think, like like a big turnoff is bad hygiene. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, I think. Um, really? Stuff like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> shower, shower now. Um, I'll be right back. Yeah, no, not, not really. Some of the individual things, when you ask people some of the more specific questions, you get some stuff where it's like, okay, well, there's something for everyone out there. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, it was fun to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Just a couple of little small questions about the book. Um, one, th- <laughs> this is kind of silly, but she people refer to Ashley as Barbie a lot, and I was confused because she's a brunette on the cover. Um, is it just because she's cute and she's skinny? She's not even a really all all of that skinny. I the funny thing about that, I really don't describe her very much, other than you know, there's one reference where during the picnic scene where you know she gets the, the hand on her 34C, so that's how you know that she actually has boobs at all. Otherwise, <laughs> you, know. you might not know. Uh, and the only person that calls her Barbie, there's one reference where Tony calls her Redwood Barbie. And for whatever reason, it's funny to me because that really seems to stand out because I had someone review the book that was going on about, you know, all of these references to her Barbie-esque figure. And I'm like, huh, did I write that? I actually went back in the book and I read, you know, read through it again to see, did I say something I didn't mean to say? So, yeah, it's just basically, you know, it was said as a disparaging remark, just kind of like, Uh-oh. you're cute, therefore you must be this stupid plastic bimbo. Got so. it. 
derogatory. <laughs> Rick, yeah. Barbie. Yeah. By the way, what town does it take place in? Um, I mean, really or fictional? Yes. What what town were you think? Redwood what town were you Grove. thinking of to model Redwood Grove on? It's an amalgamation of all of these little towns that I've driven through. I have friends in Humboldt, so I've been up to Arcata a lot. I've driven through like like Ferndale and Garberville, uh, Kaya. There's just all, you know like the Gurneyville. Gurneyville. Yeah, Burnville, but there's just all of these little places, and I wanted, I basically just took the elements from each one and made it my own town. Um, nice. You know, but in, in between San Francisco and Humboldt is where Redwood Grove lies. <laughs> <laughs> and good uh, beach glass collecting beaches. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, my God, glass beach. Yeah, God, that, that's like sea glass porn for me. <laughs> right, right. I read that, and I was like, oh, that's, that's why she chose it up there. She mm. loves collecting sea glass. Mm. <laughs> Just from reading the book and and looking at your past, you're you obviously are really into the whole zombie thing, and I'm wondering. Um, I want to know how that started, and I also would love it if you'd give us your recommendations for the best zombie movie and book. Oh goodness! Okay, well, how it started? Um, my very first date. Uh, where a boy took me to a movie, bought me popcorn and paid for me, was Dawn of the Dead, the nice. original. Aww, that's <laughs> and sweet. It, yeah. And I just loved it. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And then I saw Night of the Living Dead um, late at night with, with a friend of mine. We watched it. And I started realizing that all of the books that really liked my childhood including, like, C.S. Lewis's The Silver Chair. My favorite part was the flesh-eating giants, you know, the friendly giants that actually were planning on cooking the heroes um, mm-hmm. and them for their harvest festival. And stuff like that, I've just always been fascinated by by cannibalism, by animals and bugs that eat human flesh. I mean, I have no idea what this says about me. I don't really want to know, mm-hmm. but it's just always been something that's fascinated me. And then after Dawn of the Dead, um, I saw... Uh, Zombie flesh eaters, you know, Lucio Fulci's wonderful shark shark versus the zombie mm-hmm. <laughs> um, film. And I just started finding every single thing I could that had zombies in it. And um, I'm just, you know, people were talking about now how there's too many stuff and it's glutted the market. And I'm like, no, baby, bring it on. I had been waiting years to have this much choice of things to read and to watch. Yeah, it's like suddenly everybody in the world has realized what a few of us already knew. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, because we're not zombie-come-lately people. I'm sorry. I, I We liked them before they were popular, and I yeah. really want to make that very clear because it pisses mm-hmm. me off. Someone's like, so why did you decide to jump on the zombie bandwagon for money? Yeah. And I'm like, money's nice, but no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best you know, zombie I, movie and best book. Okay, my this is one of those things. There's There's... Okay, the original Dawn of the Dead will always be my favorite, and I, I just love it. I I know it has its flaws, but I still think it holds up better than a lot of other movies. Um, recent best zombie movie, I don't know if you've seen The Dead yet, the, the South African one. Heard, but it, some listeners recommended it. It makes slow zombies incredibly creepy again. It's just, mm-hmm. it was really well done. I've watched it I don't know how many times Um that's my my current highest recommendation for a cool. recent zombie movie. Maybe uh, well, maybe Karen and I will watch that and talk about it on. Yeah, the, on that, next I think that. Has I to think make one of the idea. listeners said that was one where the zombies didn't make any breathing noises, so it made them seem even creepier. Yeah, they they, they are incredibly slow. 
They they don't make any noise, but they're always there. There's these beautiful shots of Africa, of the vistas of the the, the plains, cool. and in every single shot, you're going to see at least one zombie somewhere in that shot. They're everywhere. You can't go to sleep without worrying about them converging on you because they will find you. I mean, just really, really, really good movie. I loved it. So. Sounds great. Um, and as far as books, um, I think I'm going to give it to the one which I think the most to bring zombies into really the forefront of pop culture. I think World War Z probably, you know, and I, I could change my mind and my answers if you ask me an hour from now, but that pops up. Yeah. That's good. I, we have one rule. We do. Uh, we make Uh-oh. all. We make all of our guests um, give us a uh, zombie sound. Are you up for it? I wish I had a glass of wine beforehand, but yeah, I think I can probably come up with something. Um, I'm, I'll do my my classic Dawn of the Dead. Um, the the noise that always used to make me crack up. This is zombie that always went. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good <laughs> thank you <laughs> awesome well thanks a lot dana uh, we really appreciate you coming on and um oh thank you the book is plague town and is there anything else that you want to say to people about it or you know to direct them somewhere anything like that i think you said just about everything nice i could hope would have been said about it so no i'm content <laughs> all right okay <laughs> all right dana thank you so much thank you take care bye-bye bye-bye Okay, we're back, and it's time for Listener Moans, Groans, and Grunts. Uh. Got a few emails and a couple calls. And this one, this is an email, and it's from Leland. I was so happy to open up my iTunes podcast folder and find you did a Game of Thrones cast. I still need a second podcast to listen to about that show I have you guys and the Talking Dead guys for The Walking Dead. For Breaking Bad, I have Lizzie and Jason. <laughs> Lizzie. Not, uh, sorry, he said Lizzie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> as well, <laughs> it's Lizzie. As well as the Insider Podcast uh, with the producers. But with Game of Thrones, I have listened to four to five podcasts and only have been able to find one that I like so far. The Night Watch from uh, Bald Move. Mm-hmm. Please consider adding Game of Thrones to your lineup. I enjoyed listening to your take on the show. Thanks, Leland. We enjoyed talking about it. We um, were avid watchers of that show. And yet we deny your request. Next. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> we, we No, I, that was flip. But um, we I've thought about, like, should we do another show? But I, I kind of like that we just stick to one show. Yeah. But we'll talk th- about then, it. I mean, we really do like that show. It would be fun to do it. But it's just like we don't have time (laughs) that's the only reason why otherwise i would be up for it i yes you don't don't want to know how long my commute is (laughs) it's just like all we can do to give you know 100 to this podcast and if we started like just tried to fill up the whole time with whatever show was on which we could easily do because there's so much great tv on now then the quality the excellent quality that you've come to know and love (laughs) would go down even worse it's hard to imagine that but it's true uh, but thanks for the note i appreciate it uh yeah seriously so this is from dan 
Has yeah. anyone made the a lorry slash the prison slash prison break slash Sarah Tancredi reference? If not, you should. <laughs> um, so Sarah Wayne Callies was in a, the show Prison Break, which I never saw. She played Sarah Tancredi, who was a nurse in the prison's hospital. Oh, and now she's going to be back in, in the prison. prison. <laughs> and, she'll be, and he says a good line in the show for fans would be to have Lori and Carl look at the prison and have Carl say who breaks into prison uh-huh. because prison break is all about people breaking out of prison <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting I'm sure she's thought about that like oh I'm back in the prison I'm back in the prison yay <laughs> thanks Dan this next email is from Michelle one thing that I was listening to uh, listening for on your podcast was Shane's veiled intent to either off Daryl or mess with him badly in episode 12, Better Angels. Remember when Shane suggested that he and Daryl go and look for Randall? Shane said something like, maybe it would give me a chance to get to know him better. Rick wouldn't have any of it, and I think he secretly suspected Shane had bad intentions for Daryl uh, if the two of them went off together. I think Rick sensed Shane's jealousy at Daryl's becoming rick's new wingman and knew full well what shane would be capable of doing no one seemed to have caught on to that unless maybe you guys discussed it and i just missed it i remember that scene and i think that shane wanted randall dead and he knew if rick was around that probably wasn't going to happen and daryl might be game for it i don't think he was gonna put daryl in any kind of danger i think he's jealous of daryl but not to the point where he would try and kill him or anything right and he's and he's certainly nothing anymore (laughs) yeah that's right he would try to kill him now and eat his brains (laughs) so that's what i think yeah yeah i think that's my take on it too uh i think he just wanted to um uh kick randall's ass yeah this one thanks for writing michelle yeah thanks michelle this is from susan haiku for you norm Walking Dead cast needs your voice. You rock that crossbow. <laughs> um, lots of people, because I asked you guys to tweet Norman Reedus and ask him to be on the show, and uh, he never replied. So I'm going to try again next season. I think we'll have him on at some point. But um, I don't want to have him on right now because the show's not on i think it's more interesting to have them on when the when, show's on yeah. and we can ask them about it you know what's going on at that moment because <clears throat> what's already happened has kind of been talked to death i agree uh, having said that though anytime you want to come on norman Reedus, we are we are here for you anytime this next one's from nick Hey, Jason, Karen, and Mr. Blog. I love listening to you guys talk about Game of Thrones. I would love it if you did another top five towards the end of the season as well, or maybe more often than that, seeing as how we have months until Walking Dead returns. I was surprised Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter didn't get more love, though I find it hard to disagree with your you guys's, your guys's top five. I was thoroughly entertained. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Nick. He's talking about we did the top five uh favorite book to tv or film adaptations yes and it was as it was a tough one for many reasons and and one was um i put some self-imposed rules on that um you had to have read the book you had to have read the book and seen the movie or television show and i wasn't even looking for adaptations i particularly liked so much as i thought that they were faithful to the book or the movie or oh in some i didn't way, know about that rule <laughs> or some way yeah well 
Because it'd be a really crappy book that was executed exactly to perfection. Well, I thought thought about like, I think I even said something like, I mean, I did think I made him an exception the where the um, I tried to sort of come up with general categories like here's where the movie was actually way better than the book. And that's Mm -hmm. The Graduate. The book sucks. And the movie movie is amazing. (laughs) I don't know if I mentioned that. I have a very, very short little memory. I don't think you mentioned that. little brain. <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings, I I liked a lot. I, I, I did you read the books? I did. I mean, I read um, uh, the Hobbit and I think the first Lord of the Rings book, Fellowship. Mm-hmm. I read the whole thing and liked a lot. And uh, I liked the movie too, but just not as much as the my top five. Although, yeah, that should have gone in my honorable mentions for sure. Um. Yeah, you're right. Omission. Harry Potter. I like. I read the first book and didn't like it. And I heard they really? got better later on. But I just was like, why does everybody like this? And then the first movies, I thought were, I thought the first movie was okay, and so I didn't really. But the third one, I think directed by Alfonso Cuarón or something. Did you see that? You know what? I haven't, Prisoner from Azkaban. I haven't read any of the Harry Potter books and I haven't really seen them. I think I saw the first movie. The third movie they was directed by this uh, really unique guy who does independent movies. Yeah. And it had a real quirky, dark, different look to right. it and an Englishy feel. Yeah. It was very good. Um, but anyway, the later movies I've watched and liked, and I really got into it towards the end. Can so. I, can as a uh, as a listener to you, mm. can I ask if you're going to see Dark Shadows? I don't really know much about Dark Shadows. I don't either, but the, oh, it looks so good. It's, it's going to be a movie. It is indeed, mm. and um, I, it's coming. Uh, it's coming out soon. And I was in the movie theaters the other day seeing Cabin in the Woods, yeah. which I freaking loved you did I maybe did. i successfully lowered your expectations i think that's so exactly it what more. it is and that's why i loved it um or or the fact that it was a, a freaking great movie that might have been it too <laughs> were, um but i saw the um the dark shadows preview and the dark shadows preview was great i wonder should we talk about that i mean i guess we shouldn't go into too many details I think we about should talk it. about that because i think you're wrong 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 well but it's so um the movie is so like it's it's dependent on surprise, I would say. So um, I don't want to talk about it and spoil it oh, for people. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe we shouldn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we could make it one of our picks or something, or we could just do a segment about it and tell people to skip it. But anyways, I thought it was okay, but... I loved it, and so did David, and that's three, two against one. <laughs> okay, I guess you guys are right. <laughs> um, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. For Harry, as far as Harry Potter goes, I just think it's a little uneven to be on my list. That's why I didn't get more love. But although I do like aspects of it and, and certain of the movies a lot. But you're entitled to your opinion, Nick. <laughs> um, tweets. This is from Drymir. Drymir? D-R-I-E-M-U-R. Most satisfying line in Game of Thrones Dreamer. this week. Quote, there is no cure for being a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really good. Uh, <laughs> Seth Peterson says, Karen called me a hottie. Aw, thanks, Karen. Wow. Uh, who do you actually listen to our podcast, Seth? Um, you're welcome. That's why he always writes in and says he loves our podcast because he's a listener. Do you think that's... I, mean, that, <laughs> I think that's why, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things are related? Uh-huh. Huh. Uh, so we have a couple of calls. This one is from Emily. Wow, 
Oh, you seem to have something caught in your throat there, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Emily. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's the pit of despair. <clears throat> it's the pit of despair. <laughs> What's that from? Princess Bride, That's my right. favorite movie. <laughs> uh, and this one is from Jonathan. Hey guys, it's Jonathan from Pittsburgh, and um, I just wanted to let you guys know I got the Walking Dead video game for the Xbox, and it's actually pretty interesting. It's more of an interactive, interactive uh, story, so I thought you guys might be interested. Uh, Jason, you'd probably like it. And um, just want to say keep up the good work. You guys rock. Bye. I like that because it sounds like he kind of likes it okay and he's like you'd probably like it, <laughs> your bar is set way low yeah you're into this kind of crap <laughs> and you're absolutely right thanks jonathan from pittsburgh <laughs> all right shall we close it out let's close it out man all right that's our show episode 64 thanks for listening everybody Karen and I actually already recorded this ending part, but then I realized um, we were going to watch the movie The Dead that Dana Fredsty just recommended, the African zombie movie. I do want to get to watching that at some point, but I looked on Netflix and saw that it wasn't there, and it looks like it might be kind of hard to find. I don't know. Um, if you guys know a place where it would be... Oh, by the way, I have a new... I'm my uh, fill-in co-host here. <laughs> but uh, if you guys have a way that we can watch that easily, um, let us know and we'll we'll schedule it for another time. But for now, uh, <laughs> Nico says no. So um, instead, we're going to watch a movie called Rambach. It's a German um, zombie film. We've talked about it a couple of times before. It's gotten some decent reviews. Um, I hope it's good. We'll see. I think it, this one's going to have a lot more gore than, um, than Pontypool did. So, um, so yeah, let, so if you're into it, watch that with us. You can get it on Netflix Rambach for next time. Now, next time's going to be a little bit later, May 21st. We're going to go uh, for a lighter schedule for the next few months here. Um, in June and July, we will uh, vow to have at least one podcast per month. And then when we get to August and the rumors start coming out for the next season and everything, we'll go back to our biweekly schedule. And then in October, we'll hit the ground running at, you know, an episode a week. So that's the plan uh, moving forward. And uh, for Deadcast Top 5, next time we're going to do a fun one. It's the top five props that we would steal from the set of the show. And uh, we'd like to hear from you guys, too. Maybe you wouldn't actually steal the props, but maybe it's just the ones you would want from the show. For us, it's going to be the ones that we would actually steal if we were on the show. Um, but yeah, top five props that you would like to have from The Walking Dead. In the meantime, if you'd like to leave us a message, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at walkingdeadcast.com. Check out our website and leave comments at walkingdeadcast.com. We're on Twitter at Jason and Karen and on Facebook at facebook.com slash deadcast. Um, Facebook's been a lot of fun lately. We Karen and I both go on there and comment, and there's some of you who have come on regularly, so that's been a lot of fun. But I'd like to see more of you guys on there. That's that's kind of the area that we, that we've been paying the most attention to, aside from the podcast itself. Yeah, that's right. So come on, so come on and join the conversation. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
There is a monster loose and it's bouncing through our language, frantically trying to keep its host alive. Should we be talking about this? Should we be talking at all? Well, to be safe, no, probably not. Talking is uh, risky. And, uh, well, talk radio is high risk, so uh, we should stop.